You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. It's Friday, people. We did it. And this is Vox and Hops episode number 199. Do you know what that means? That means that this coming Tuesday, the Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops episode is my 200th episode. And I am uh, super stoked about that. I can't believe that I'm already at 200 episodes. It feels like yesterday that I started Vox and Hops. I am so lucky that I've had the chance to sit down and conduct 200 interviews with amazing artists from across the globe, sharing incredible brews and sharing even better stories. I am truly humbled, amazed, and I am just so stoked to see where the next 100 Vox and Hops episodes take the podcast. But the podcast would be nothing without all all of you listeners at home, the Vox and Hops heads, I truly, truly appreciate you. Thank you so, so much for listening, talking about the podcast, and sharing it with like-minded people. You are what makes Vox and Hops work. On today's episode, I am with Mark Osborne of Adroit Theory Brewing. Here it is, people. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 199. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Mark Osborne of Adroit Theory, the amazing brewery from Purcellville, Virginia. Uh, I love having chats with metal brewers, and if there is uh, anyone as metal as you, I don't know. I've seen a lot of people try to be, but you guys have been blowing me away with everything that I've been seeing happening. Uh, how are you doing, Mark? Let's start with a easy yet complex question uh how have you been coping with 2020 <laughs> uh well we just take it uh one sip at a time <laughs> it's been a fun year I, believe it or not actually it's uh it's actually you know there's obviously some challenges and some scary you know things that have happened and, and i will tell you that uh, that that late march early april was like yikes but it's actually turned out to be a very, very good year for us in terms of growth and, and popularity and customers and community. Um, and, uh, you know, we're actually, we're actually very jazzed at how things have worked themselves out. And it is, it's something that was very scary at the beginning of the pandemic was what, how are these local craft beer breweries going to survive? I am from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and here in Quebec, breweries are not allowed to mail to their customers, whereas you guys in the States are allowed to do that. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. There are obviously some limitations for sure. Uh, it's not as liberal as it is, say, in Europe where they can ship it, you know, uh, pretty much anywhere. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's been very good for us. We actually got a shipper's license in Virginia where we're based, like the day we started the brewery six and a half years ago. So we were very comfortable already shipping beer. Um, so when, you know, our taste room got shut down and, you know, people were freaking out, um, we just kind of ramped up that side of the business and it's worked out, you know, worked out very well. So. Awesome. That's good that you guys had all the, that all set up and you guys can can on your own, I assume. And just instead of pumping it into kegs, you're just shooting into cans and selling as much as you can. That's uh, basically the gist of it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what are you drinking on your side there? And I believe I have the same one here. Uh, tell everyone what that is and I will showcase this beautiful can art. 
All right, cool. Yeah, this is a beer uh, just dropped about two weeks ago called Now I Am Death, Destroyer of Worlds. Um, obviously, uh, based on the uh, Oppenheimer uh, quote of a similar name. Uh, it is a uh, hazy triple IPA, uh, clocking in at 10%. Uh, extremely, extremely hazy, extremely juicy. It's on the more tropical end of the spectrum versus citrusy, but it has as we almost always try to do a little bit, very, very small in this particular beer, but I always love it when it has a little bit of a dank undertone to it, you know, to kind of counterbalance all of the, you know, orange juice-like qualities. Damn right. So, cheers. Hey. It smells amazing. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, it's super dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> be, be careful with that one. <laughs> absolutely delicious nice and juicy and slightly dank it's, it's, it's got a little a little little bit uh very creamy really really absolutely totally delicious and you would never guess that it was 10 10 abv absolutely beautiful uh take me back to your brewer story how exactly did you end up brewing metal beers mark uh well as with everything in life it was never you know the intent uh you know to start a you know, a, a metal themed brewery. Um, I just knew I wanted to do something, you know, kind of uh, cutting edge and boundary pushing, envelope pushing. Um, so when I formulated the idea of starting the brewery back in 2011, 2012, the scene in Virginia was, you know, basically non-existent or in its infancy. There was only maybe 20 breweries in the entire state. They all basically made the same thing. Nobody was making the adventurous types of beers that I liked drinking from other breweries. So I was like, you know what, why don't we just do it ourselves? You know, why don't we just make it here? Um, so, you know, the idea of the types of beers we make was easy. And then in terms of the theme and the art and, and the general motif is that I just made things that I loved, you know what I mean? Like I'm into dark, dark art, you know what I mean? And I love buying albums and looking at the liner notes and the album cover and hopefully it's a gatefold cover and I open that up and I'm like yes and and while you're listening to the music you're absorbing the art and so you know from day one I knew we wanted to spend time and energy to make the outside of the package look and feel as interesting and tasty as it was on the inside of the package you know what I mean absolutely and it's it's totally what caught my attention with you guys, uh, I'll, I'll admit it on Instagram, I followed a bunch of breweries that I could. And as soon as I started seeing these, you know, extreme, basically, it could be like a black metal album <laughs> cover art, uh, a bunch of cans coming out. <laughs> and on top of that, it's it's pure haze goodness. It, it was like a two for one banger. It was like, I, I have to find out who these people are and I have to talk to them. So, <laughs> But I want to go back even farther, Mark. Why do you brew beer? Where did that come from? Uh, well, I mean, I think, um, you know, me personally, and first of all, let me just clarify, I'm not the brewer. I have, you know, a team of brewers that work for me and they are awesome and they do great stuff. Um, I spend a lot of time working and, and helping develop recipes and ideas. But at the end of the day, they're the ones, you know, um, manually making everything that we produce. Um, but I mean, my guess is my journey is probably very similar to a, a lot of your listeners and even your, yourself, you know, you, you drink cheap beer when you're in high school and you go off to college and it's even cheaper beer. <laughs> uh, but for me, I did studies abroad. 
studies abroad program and uh, I was in England and I got turned on to cask beer mm. and uh, and drinking what was imports here, you know, there. And I was like, wow, you know, this is so much better. And I got home and, you know, that that evolutionary process, right? The, the Sierra Nevada pale ale turns into, you know, and it's this slippery slope. And next thing you know, you're traveling all over the country, visiting breweries and going on, you know, beer cruises and beer vacations and, you know, festivals, and you just can't, you just can never get enough. And yeah. And then you start a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> and it was always metal at first, because there are a few metal breweries throughout the States, but you starting at six and a half years ago, there was much less of them than there are now. I see you're wearing a, a true brewing hoodie they are one of the best metal themed breweries in the states in my opinion up there with three floyds uh who else do you think was up there with you when you started this where did you draw that inspiration from um i mean obviously three floyds is is the og and the guys from true had just started maybe a year before we did met them at cbc uh burial uh was a big influence we actually one of our first collaborations we ever did was with them um and we definitely i think have some some similarities and synergies in terms of how they do things. Um, and then obviously, you know, the new school people that have come up, I think it's been, you know, very awesome and very cool. And, and there's, um, you know, good beer being made and, and being done in a way that, you know, people can rock out to, I think is a good deal. I know that in the, the band world, it's, we are very excited when we see our, our brothers in the same genre doing well, but there's always that little bit of, of, internal competition where we wish it was us <laughs> when i see my 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 friends going on tours and i'm like why the fuck did they get that tour but that's 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 fucking awesome and i'm super stoked for them but why wasn't it me is it like that in the metal brewer world or is it pure collaboration i mean i think you know how it is with the metal scene in general so you're always you're outsiders from the get-go you know what i mean like it's always us versus them. And there's so few of them, even if there were a hundred in, in the, in the, in the U S which there's not, that would still be just a drop in the bucket of how many breweries there are. So you usually have a lot of things in common. So like, for instance, we've done the, the decibel magazine, um, metal and beer fest, uh, I think four times now. And it's the same guys, you know what I mean? Like they bring in some new people, but like there's true, there's burial, there's three Floyds, there's wake, you know what I mean? There's Broken Goblet. There's, you know, Brimming Horde Meadery. You know what I mean? And you're like, hey, how are you? You know, what's going on? You know, and it's just you have something in common. You have something to talk about, you know, while you drink a beer and enjoy the show. Absolutely. And and what really defines a metal brewery from a different brewery? You, you say you feel like outsiders. Is it just the, the, the artwork or does it go deeper into the personalities of the people making the beer? Well, I mean, I think a little bit of both. I mean, um, I know my first time going to True, it was like, oh, you walk in the door, the place is literally painted black on the ceiling, <laughs> on the walls, and on the floor, and there's a like a coffin with beer taps coming out of it, and you're just like, oh, like what the, <laughs> you know, what is this? This place is awesome. Um, I don't know. I think you know. I think um, you know the music, you know, at your tasting room um, attracts a certain type of clientele. You know what I mean? It's really funny because when people like like we, for the most part, curate people that are into what we're doing for the most part. Right. But every once in a while you get like some tourist or somebody who comes in and they open the door and, you know, 
the death metal is at volume 11. And you can always tell the look <laughs> on their face when they first walk in. They're like, what have I done? Where am I? What was happening? <laughs> so it's cool, though, because, you know, you end up attracting not only your clients, but like people that want to work there, you know, are into it. You know what I mean? And they enjoy the, the, the lifestyle. They enjoy the brand. Um, my head brewer doesn't like metal. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> he, so funny. He begrudgingly, he begrudgingly goes along with the flow. He's a good guy. But uh, if we ever give him control of the stereo, you know, it's, uh, it segues off. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so th- there are those those craft beer nerds that, that have been coming to, to, to drink your, your, your beautiful haze and, and have to put up with the, the metal playlist. What, what would be a typical metal playlist at a droid theory on any given day? Oof, oof, oof. Well, they're all fighting with each other, of course, to get their playlist played. Um, but today, um, my, uh, Black Tongue. Fuck yeah. And uh, probably some of the new uh, Necrot. Yeah. We're definitely into. Um, Uata is pretty awesome, and you probably hear that quite a bit. We just did a beer with Pig Destroyer, so that has been in constant rotation, their new EP. And um, yeah, that definitely gets people running for the exits if they don't know what they're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely going to bring that up. I, I want to talk about this pig destroyer beer. Uh, tell me about this, how this all came together. How exactly did you set up this collaborative brew in honor of their new EP? Uh, yeah, actually, it was really quite uh, quite fortuitous because like, the majority of the band lives within like 10 miles of the brewery which was just so random. Like we had no idea. We're, you know what I mean? Like, we're just like, wait, what you guys, you live where? Um, and, uh, they had come to, we have a, we have our like anniversary party and, um, Blake had come to that last year. So like he knew who we were and we were friends with Albert, uh, who was the editor of decibel and he, kind of initiated an email and the guys from the band, Scott and JR and whoever they, we mailed them some beer and it was like, Hey, you know, this is awesome. We should do something. But that was right when the pandemic was just in full, full blown mm-hmm. swing. Cause we were going to have a big uh, concert in uh, September. And, you know, it's like, oh, this all makes perfect sense. This is great. Oh, everything is shut down. <laughs> so <laughs> that part didn't come to fruition, but I'm hoping, you know, obviously in 2021, we can get that back on track. But, you know, they were like, hey, you know, this EP is coming out. They showed me the artwork and I was like, sweet. Will you give me, you know, carte blanche to do what I want? Uh, you know, pay homage to the band. You know, there's all these references in the artwork. But, um, you know, the idea of like a decapitated you know, cattle head was like the impetus. And I'm like, yes, yes, let's do this. Um, <laughs> they told me they, they, you know, we could do whatever we wanted on the beer, but they were thinking something, in a like a dry roasty type stout. They originally were talking about maybe an Irish stout and I talked them into doing like an imperial milk stout. I, I've heard great things about the Pig Destroyer one, uh, Vox and Hops alumni. Andrew Garrity got his hands on some and told me that it was incredible. Uh, I'm very interested in this whole, your anniversary party, you guys normally have gigs. Is that what happens? Is you have bands playing and it's, that's something that happens every year? Or was this year supposed to be special? Well, um, yes. I mean, the first 
the first three years kind of sucked. I'll be honest with you. They were okay. But by the time, <laughs> by the time we were in like the fourth year, like we took it a little bit more serious. So we had actually some bands people have actually heard of come to play, but, um, uh, not, not this past year, but the year before it was actually really cool. Cause we actually had like a big tent and we had, um, outer heaven play, which was like a death metal band. And we ended up doing a collab with them. Uh, and we had horrendous play, um, which is like old school death metal yeah, course, and, we yeah, yeah. With them, and it was awesome. And it was, it was a good, good party. And then this past year, um, we had, um, a bunch of awesome bands like Basilisk and Inter Arma played mm. and it was just a great time. We had, everyone had a great time, but the rub was our anniversary is in January ah. and we're not as cold as Montreal, No, <laughs> but it's not pleasant weather for like a party. Right. So it was a very risky, risky thing to do. So last year, uh, and by last year, I mean like in January, it was our six-year anniversary. So I was like, why don't we throw a half-year party for ourselves? And we'll call it the 6.66-year party. All right. And we, we calculated it, and it was going to be on September 14th. That was exactly 6.66 <laughs> years into the – I was like, yes, this is great. This is great. What? COVID, what? So we had to put the pause on that. We're hoping to – just pretend the date doesn't exist and relaunch it at some point, you know, in the spring. But um, that was the plan was to throw a big party for ourselves and, you know, book some awesome bands and have, make just a big party for ourselves. Which uh, we have to celebrate ourselves. It's a big accomplishment to, to bring something off the ground and to make it a success. And, and not only that, but, but have just such great products. It's, it's, it's awesome. What I like is this. You've, you also, I got this, Mexican lager. I, I want to talk about this because it's something that I, it's refreshing and I'm, I'm very stoked that you guys make one like this because a lot of the times I see these metal breweries and they don't make anything, you know, like crushable that you can drink a bunch of them and, and, and not suffer. <laughs> you know, just cause it's metal doesn't mean it has to be over 10% all the time. How do you feel about that? Well, it's funny because uh, for the first three years we were in business, we did not make a beer below 7%. Like we just refused to. And so they all were like 10%. So you'd come to the brewery and we'd have like 25 beers and the average was 10%, right? (laughs) These people are sitting there just pounding these and just like, dude, like we should probably make something else that somebody can drink while they're sampling what we make, right? Um, so it's funny. We, we literally one year ago and a couple months made our first like lager, you know, four and a half percent beer. Like we just did that literally five plus years into being a brewery. We'd never made anything like that. It was always Imperial this and Imperial that and triple this. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we worked very hard and I, and I think, I, I mean, you obviously haven't had that yet, but I mean, it is a nice, clean, crisp, two style beer, right? I mean, it's hard to get as excited as you do about like a big stout or something like that, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful, clean beer that you can just drink all day. 
while you're sampling our other stuff. <laughs> Which is a craft in its own because it's, it can't always be about the show. You know, it's got to be about something that, that just goes down nice and easy and, and it's a beautiful product, you know? Uh, I want to talk about your motto. I think it's beautiful. Uh, consume life and drink art. Where did that come up? Uh, how, did, how did you come up with that? And uh, tell me what that means for you. Well, I wish I could take 100% credit for that. We actually had a uh, one of those crowdsource type product projects really? uh, where we had people come up with a, a slogan for us. It's actually how we came up with our original logo um, as well in our manifesto. Um, but yeah, it was uh, you know a, a collaborative effort you know from hundreds of people. But that was what we we settled on, and I love it. I love it to this day because it's. Um, I mean, I think slogans are you know they can be a little corny. Right. So you, you have to be very careful about what you do. But I wanted one where I could use it like as a whole, like consume life, drink art sounds cool. And I think people get it, but you could also break it apart. And we oftentimes do. So like, for instance, on the glass I'm drinking under our name, it actually just says consume life. Mm. Right. And some of our other artwork says drink art. And, you know, it, it, it's a cool, cool thing because it's all about, I think, the idea like in the metal world of like, you know, that, that it's, that it's finite, right. And, 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 and the mortality of what we're doing, that it has to be just, you know, consumed, like you are using up your, your days in a positive way and trying to get the most out of them that you can. Um, but on, you know, and at this, on the flip side, being like, you know, don't just drink anything. Don't drink swill. Don't drink things that you're not passionate about. You know what I mean? It should be art in the glass, on the label and in your body. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I kind of dig it. I think it's super cool. And you're, you're hundred percent right. And it is very close to metal. Uh, tell me about your metal journey. What would be you growing up? How did you end up becoming a metal head who has subsequently opened a very cool metal theme brewery? All right. So you ready for like the, it doesn't fit the mold of what everybody else did. Sure. I'm waiting for Metallica and then Slayer. <laughs> uh, I didn't listen to metal until I was in my uh, mid-30s. No way. No way. What, what was it before that? Oh, God, all ridiculous nonsense everybody else is listening to, you know. <laughs> um, what was the band? What was the band that triggered the change? Oh, please, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It uh, For me, it was, you know, because I grew up, in the, I was born in the 70s, right? I grew up in the 80s, right? 90s were the generation that influenced me so i was into like nine inch nails i was into tool and into those types of bands and then some of that new metal stuff came out and it was cool like rage for instance but you know i kind of i quickly lost interest in it and i moved into electronic music and that kind of stuff but you know i'm in my mid-30s and you know how it is you're just kind of like ooh, 40 is on the horizon you know and uh, <laughs> you know what it was i heard uh Meshuga. And I was like, what is this? And then kind of like in my beer journey, you know, you're like, hmm, yeah, I'm, I, that is cool. I need to, <laughs> let me, you know, let me find something similar to that. And then I started listening to like Dillinger Escape Plan and Gajira and some other bands. I mean, it was on like about 2007 or so, 2008. And I was like, what, what am I missing? And then it was like, I've got to educate myself because every time I'd listen to like, um, Bloody Roots or one of those shows on XM, they're like, I'm like, 
dude, I've missed, I think, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> Black Sabbath, who's Black Sabbath? Like, you know, I had to go back and like educate myself, like in reverse. So, yeah, with everything in life, with me at least, it was a little bit of a slippery slope. And, uh, you know, fast forward 13 years, it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, so a little different maybe than everybody else. <laughs> that is, that is a, a very different answer. You're 100% right about that. Uh, 2020 is a shitty year, but there's been a bunch of great metal releases. What would be your album of the year so far there, Mark? Ooh, uh, that's a good one. Um, well, obviously we, <laughs> we, brewed, we brewed two beers with <laughs> some of these bands, but um, the Necrot Blood Offerings is ridiculous. Very cool. Very cool. Something else that would be cool just came to my mind, an idea. Doing beer, a lot of people do these pairings, right? So this beer that we're drinking right here, what would be the perfect band pairing, album pairing for it? And that would be something cool to do. Like you, you, you pair like food and stuff, but you should pair albums on your beer. You know, that's actually a really, really, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> I think that I is. Think that quite a bit. <laughs> you know, it's funny about the pairings is uh, like, we don't get people's permission to do them. Like the cheese people or the cigar people. We just be like, yeah, hey, well, this is what we like. And we're just going to put it on our label. And, and nobody's been uncool about it we've actually had people like ping us and be like, Hey, you know, I was at the store and I picked this beer up and I flipped it over and it was my cigar on the, <laughs> on the labels. Here's five cases of cigars. Yes. Yes. It's all about that. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. Ah, that's uh, hmm. I that some thought. This is a, you know, it's juicy. It's got, it's, it's a sneaky, it has to be like an album that is sneakily heavier than it appears to be. <laughs> a Mastodon album. Yeah. Yeah. An older one, though, yeah. Like, An older one, yes. Not Crack the Sky. Let's crack the Sky before that was Blood Mountain. That would work. I think I'm, that's the right name. I could be wrong. Sorry about that. Um, v- very cool. I also want to talk about the fact you guys you guys make IPAs, double IPAs, triple IPAs, pastry stouts, sours, now this lager. Um, do you care what the next big style is, uh, or, and, and what do you think it is? Oh gosh. I, well, yeah, I do wish I would know because I'd start practice making those <laughs> now, but, uh, I mean, I really don't at the end of the day. I mean, I just try to make beers that I'm interested in drinking personally. And I mean, I do look at the sales numbers and, you know, obviously, you know, um, you know, we're in, it's business. We're trying to make money. Um, but luckily we're at that point where, you know, it all basically sells itself out, but, um, which is amazing. You know, I do enjoy interesting things. Like when we first started the brewery, we did a lot more experimental things than we do now. Um, only because it's just, you know, we're not, we're not big, we're very, very small, but you know, even when you get just even a little bit bigger, it's hard to, you know, completely just do something so wackadoodle that, you know, the people are just like, Whoa, but this past December we made, a stout with squid ink really and black currants and black pepper and that was pretty weird (laughs) it was pretty (laughs) awesome but it was pretty weird like people were like huh that's really interesting uh which is code word for like huh but uh you know i don't know i think um you know in terms of like mass popularity I don't know. It's a hard one. I mean, I, I do think 
classic styles are becoming more popular. I mean, that's been going on for quite some time. I do think, you know, classic West Coast style where it's actually has some bitterness to it, still aromatic like a New England, but it's clean, you know, and has some bitterness uh, to it is a thing. We've started making, you know, some, some classic West Coast over the last year. Um, and then hopefully, excuse me, some, you know, more experimental type stuff because we do like, we do like funky, weird things. <laughs> squid ink. Where do you even get squid ink, Mark? <laughs> I had to special order it from Germany. <laughs> really? Very cool. <laughs> yeah, it came in little kilos. It was, I didn't think it would make it through customs, to be honest with you. Wow. <laughs> what, um, you've done a bunch of collabs with bands. Normally when I, when I ask these questions to brewers, they haven't actually done it. So you've done a bunch of them. Um, what is a band that you haven't done it with yet that you would love to do it with? Uh, a dream band to do a beer collab with? That is a very good question. Um, Uada out of uh, Portland would be the first on our list for real. Cause I, I, uh, I'm definitely into that vibe. I like, I saw them at, uh, the uh, the Philly Decibel Fest last year, and it was like yes, yes. Um, I always like to wrap this up with the Hangover Cure. It probably doesn't happen to you very often because you're very controlled and precise <laughs> and in charge of a business that brews ten to fifteen percent brews. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> But it happens to everyone every once in a while. What is your hangover cure, Mark? So I am a professional, so I do try to uh, prevent it from occurring. But, um, you know, I mean, obviously the hair of the dog is, is you know, your, your quickest and easiest way out of that. So we made a series of beers, fruit and sour <laughs> beers, right? But we specifically made them to be consumed with champagne, right? So Ooh. it's basically just a mixer for champagne, right? So we actually, on the bottom of the cans, just say, add champagne. Like, don't drink it by itself. It's designed for champagne. And champagne solves all problems, in my opinion. Wow. So if I'm feeling, uh, well, well, I mean, I, should, I probably should say that. I'll, I'll, first, I'll crack into an electrolyte um, to kind of rehydrate me and get things going again. But I swear to God, if I'm dying, you know what I mean, and I'm at brunch, I will be cracking into our... Uh, our illusion of safety series with a bottle of champagne and preferably a little Grand Marnier floater on top to really bring it together. But all that, all that sugar with the carbonation works magic. Wow. See, no, never, I've never heard that answer. I love that. Um, when we were talking about big new styles, something popped into my mind and it's just so not metal. I'm happy you guys don't do them. And if you do, I apologize. Is the the, <laughs> the, the the smoothie beers, these these slushies, slushy sour beers. I don't know if that's the rage in Virginia, but up here in Montreal, it's becoming quite the thing. Uh, what's your take on those? And are they metal? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, anytime you're drinking a, uh, you know, like neon blue beer, <laughs> you know, with an umbrella sticking out of the side of it, you know. I don't know. I think there's time and place for everything because I don't know how hot. Uh, I've been to, I've been to several parts of Canada. I haven't actually been to Montreal. It's been on my short list. But, you know, like when it's hot, like it's really hot in Virginia. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, I think having a little, you know, Caribbean tropical, you know, slushy or whatever you want to call it, uh, fruit smoothie is going to be the way to go, um, you know, within reason. 
I suppose. We have made some of those types of beers, but, you know, we, it's all tongue-in-cheek. It's all Absolutely. tongue-in-cheek. And it is you fucking know. hot here in Montreal in the summer. Is it hot? <laughs> oh, okay. It's brutally hot. <laughs> uh, next time you come through, Mark, we will hang out. I'll take you around. I'll show That's you good. all my favorite places. We'll drink oh, some craft beer. Good. We'll talk about life. We'll talk about metal. Thank you so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, drinking your amazing brews. This is just I appreciate so it. You got to crack delicious. into that. You got to crack into that lager, though. I want to see you crack into that lager. Sure thing. And, and read the pairings on said lager sure because thing. we we uh, I want to say I've caught grief about it, but you know people bust their chops <laughs> about our really fancy, you know, you know, well-to-do pairings that we do on all of our beers. Well, this beer, which is a clean and simple beer, we went with much simpler pairings. What do we, what do we got for our pairings here? Okay, I'm gonna read it out. It's on the side of the can. You got food. <laughs> Taco Bell, fiery <laughs> Doritos, Locos Tacos, <laughs> cheese, Kraft American Singles, <laughs> and cigar, Dutch Masters. Fuck yes. Yeah. Let me pour this out. Tell everyone about this beer and why you're so proud of it. Yeah. Well, again, we're, we're not known for making these types of beers. So when you make one that actually doesn't suck, it's always, you know, it's a nice it's a nice thing. So, uh, I mean, it's a lager. It's clean, Super clean, crisp. This thing has aged seven and a half weeks before we, you know, put it in a can. Um, and it's classic. It's too style. I mean, damn right. We're not yes. rocking the boat. That Absolutely is a delicious. Ooh, yes. Little multi bite. I love it. Super clean. And I thought people would get a chuckle out of our pairings because it's not, you know, sous vide uh, duck legs or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what pairings are on that. But like, on this one, you got food, ghost chili pepper, beef deckle. Mm, oh, the deckle, man. The deckle's where it's at. Uh, cheese, Fiscalini bandage wrap cheddar. <laughs> Damn right. And cigar, Monte by Monte Crisco, Jacopo, number two, square pressed. Mm, yeah, yeah that's, that sounds about right. Damn right, I love the artwork. It's, it's you like that. It's it's yeah. My mother does not like does not like this artwork that, at all. That means it's the, you're doing the right thing, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, thank you so much. We're gonna keep hanging out with not with all of you guys listening. Uh, I really appreciate it, everyone. Please go check out support Adroit Theory out of Purcellville, Virginia. They are doing amazing things and uh, they're metal as fuck, so I love them. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What a great chat with Mark. Droid Theory makes some sick-ass brews, people. You should absolutely go and check them out. If you can get your hands on some, you should absolutely do that. They are simply out of this world. They're metal as fuck, and they're super, super delicious. After wrapping up this episode, Mark sent me an email with a bunch of other bands that he would love to do some collabs with, and I'm going to read that out to you right now. He would like to do some collabs with Slayer. He says, duh. Metallica, Behemoth, Carcass, Cannibal Corpse, The Melvins, and Killing Joke. And uh, I agree with those. Those are all great, great people to do collabs with. But don't forget Cryptopsy because uh, I'd be super stoked about that as well. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should absolutely go and subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice because there are over 190 Vox and Hops episodes just like this one that you can go back and check out.
Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you guys have a great, great weekend. I am planning to relax and spend some time with my family and just kick it and enjoy life, metal and craft beer on my own. I'll be back next week with three episodes. My 200th episode will be dropping on Tuesday, and I have two more episodes coming up on Thursday and Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.